We back, baby. You know what it is. Welcome to Podcast Monday. Each and every Monday from Hood the Good Podcast. We on episode 20 right now. This week I got another special one lined up for you listeners. This week we got Madonna Hannah in the building. We're gonna talk about discussing your unique talents and experiences to achieve your goals and dreams. Madonna is a nationally recognized award-winning educator, thought leader, and speaker, competitive sprinter. Yes, you heard me, sprinter, and she has a 32-year teaching career. So if you want to learn more about what Madonna is talking about and what we're going to be waxing deep on, you can hit the shortcut and just go to dropkickthedrama.com. From hood to good, we're going to chop it up, get your pen and pad out. I'm real excited about this one. I know we missed a week. Add an asterisk. You know how we do. From hood to good, it's going to be real fun. So let's get right into it. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, world? We back with another From Hood to Good episode. Your boy Ronnie Jack's holding it down. And today, Podcast Monday, each and every Monday, y'all know how we do. I am joined by a special guest. I believe we got another special guest who's going to come in, like the ultimate warrior, come in and, and add some gems to what's going on currently. But right now, we have Madonna. Hannah is in the building. We're going to be talking about drop kicking the drama. We're going to be talking about a, a lot of various things. We're going to get the backstory. Um, she is an expert in classrooms, being hijacked by bullies, um, strong, solid educational background. She's here to share her expertise on empowering and celebrating differences between individuals so we could get our teachers, ourselves, our students, all of us get on the right track and obtain some some good results. So welcome, Madonna Hannah. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling just fine. I'm coming to you from Tacoma, Washington. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The Pacific Ocean. <laughs> okay. Out yes. there with the, uh, with the boats and stuff. I know it's a lot of like uh, boats and everything on that side. It's a lot of a lot of kind of that work out there. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I am, uh, oh, about 20 miles away from Seattle. But I'll tell you, I'm from the East Coast. I mm-hmm. was uh, raised in a conservative white suburb of Boston, which means <laughs> when I went to elementary school, I was the only colored child in my class <laughs> and in the entire elementary school there were three colored children <laughs> wow it must have been tough well that's where the bullying comes in i uh yes uh when you are the only one who is very very different from everyone else there's a tendency to stand out at the time that I was being bullied because of the color of my skin, it was not every single child in class. There were four, (laughs) four white males who made it their job (laughs) to bully me. And that happened 
through the entire time that I was in elementary school. I just, you know, from grade to grade, couldn't, could not get away from them. Mm-hmm. And Ronnie, I'll tell you and your listeners that there were times when I went home, cried, talked to God and said, why did you make me this color? Why? <laughs> why? And also at the time, I thought, like most children, that this is going to last forever. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm assuming there was a lot of N-bombs being dropped. And, oh, and- uh, yes. <laughs> was there oh. like any, any physical, like, you know, well, pushing and shoving and stuff like that? Well, Ronnie, I I will get to that because that did happen in junior high school. I used to hate the history unit entitled the Civil War. (laughs) And when, oh gosh, when we would start talking about slavery, the little white boys would call me slave little black bowl weevil and old black Joe. (laughs) And I I was so confused. Why are you calling me old black Joe? I'm not old and I'm not a man, (laughs) but but it was it. The, the music teacher would coordinate (laughs) the, the, the music, uh, you know, during the, the civil war music during that time, you know, she was just, oh, they're studying the Civil War. Then let's come up with some music. And so there we go. That was, you know, the, the bull weevil is a little black bug from Mexico or somewhere. You know, when I'm thinking, going back to think about the songs. And yes, so there we were. There we were with, with that. When I, when, when, when I was in junior high school, I maybe weighed about 99 pounds. And one day in gym class, coming, excuse me, coming out of gym class, going back into the locker room, my locker was open and my wallet was gone. Wow. While I was looking for my wallet, two white girls came over to my locker threw my wallet at me, called me the N-word, and shoved me into my locker. I was scratched up and bleeding. I went to the gym teacher, told her what happened, and to this day, I cannot believe (laughs) what she said. She looked at me, And I'm crying, I'm scratched up, I'm bleeding. And she says, now, Madonna, those are nice girls. They wouldn't do anything like that. Wow, slap in the face right there. Can you imagine that, Ronnie? Can you imagine that? She knew darn well. I'm crying, I'm bleeding. You could see the scratches. I went back to my locker and there were the girls who, (laughs) they weren't calling me the N-word this time. They were uh, (laughs) calling me a tattletale. I thought, 
I just, I, I just felt so helpless. I felt absolutely helpless. I didn't tell my parents to this day. My parents don't know I was, I, I was bullied. And that happens a lot with, with kids do. Uh, what did happen that was interesting, Ronnie, was in high school, uh, take your time. Yeah, yeah. In 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 high school, you know how the buses pull up in the morning, and and you sit in the cafeteria until it's time to go to homeroom. Well, one day, those two girls who had shoved me into the locker came and sat at my table. Anyone who has ever been bullied, you become very weary of people, especially people who've been bullying you so that when they sit down at a table, you know, you're like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen this time? What is going to happen? Ronnie, they were nice to me. Which was frightening because I thought, you know, the shoe is going to drop. But every day during our freshman year, they would come in and sit at the table with me and they were civil. They were nice. I don't know what happened. And to this day, I wish that I had asked them what happened. Why are you being nice and continuing to be nice to me? Did their I, attitude like stay nice? Was it just nice this one time or was it nice from no, then the, on out? No, the, the, the whole school year, they sat with me in the morning. And like I said, I wish I, I, wish I had asked them. What, what, what happened? Why, why they changed? And I wanted to make sure to let your listeners know that, yes, this incident happened in junior high school. I don't know what changed these two girls, but I want them to know that they changed. I was wary at first, but they changed. And like I said, I wish I had asked why. Perhaps the gym teacher did speak with them afterwards. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Another incident in high school that really changed me was, oh, the fact that when I was a senior, a sophomore named Beth was also bullied. She was 5'11", maybe about 280. She had cotton candy hair that was brown. She was cross-eyed and she wore thick glasses, which magnified her crossed eyes. And she had buck teeth. Do you know what that means? Her, her, her teeth were sticking yeah. out? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She was teased unmercifully, but yet she was on the drill team. There were kids that referred to her as the great pumpkin. 
You know, they go, hey, Charlie Brown, there's the great pumpkin. You see, our school colors were orange, black, and white. So once she put on that drill team orange jacket, ah, uh, yes, she was the tallest yeah. and whitest. Yes, but, but there she was. She was also in the school choir. There would be kids yelling out, Beth's got to wear a pup tent. Because the because there isn't a choir robe large enough for her. Honestly, yes, honestly, whenever Beth was teased, I was glad. And anybody who's ever been teased, they know why I was glad. Because for that moment, it wasn't me. For that moment, it was not me. And for kids who are constantly bullied, when somebody else, when it's their turn, you feel such a relief. You really do. Because it's like you're getting a respite. <laughs> you, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you are. There were a few times... When Beth was absent for a stretch of time, it was rumored that she had cancer. When you're young, and I grew up in the, uh, I was in the high schools dur during the 70s, the early 70s, you just can't fathom anybody your age or around your age or in high school having cancer. Because older people get cancer. You, you you know what I mean, Ronnie? Right, right. Absolutely. I told you that Beth was uh, 280 pounds. Beth came back to school after one of these long stents of cancer. You could hardly recognize her. Ron, she looked like a fashion model from a teen magazine. I'm going to say she was at her probably natural weight, probably of 120. Her eyes weren't crossed. She had long straight hair and she had on a sleeveless shift dress that uh, Jacqueline Kennedy the wife of John F. Kennedy, fashion plate at the time, would have, would have worn. And she had this glow. I did. I, 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 I noticed a glow of, uh, about her. But, but all the kids were just so amazed, like, wow, look at Beth. Wow, look at, look at her. Mm -hmm. What well, we would call that is the vapors. <laughs> That's yeah. what we call that. Yeah, the, we call that the vapors. But yeah. um, continue, continue. Yes, yes. The only way I knew it was her was because of the was because of her friends. The few friends that that she had were walking with her, and I'm going to say that was on a Wednesday. The following Monday, right after the Pledge of Allegiance, the principal spoke to the entire school on the PA. He said, Beth's mother stopped by this morning 
and she wanted me to read this letter to all of you. Beth passed away. Wow. Over Oh, Ronnie, the letter that the mother left said that when Beth knew that she only had a week to live, he suggested that, you know, you stay home and, 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 and be comfortable and lay in her bed, you know, to die. She didn't want to do that. She wanted to go to school and be with her friends. Her mother said that she loved attending our high school, that she loved to sing, and that's why she was in the choir, and that's why she was on the drill team. You couldn't hear a pin drop in my homeroom because we were all thinking about her being teased. Ronnie, I was angry at Beth, and I'll tell you why. If it had been me, and I had a week to live, I would not, I would not have returned to school, not, not to a place where I had been bullied. Wow. Then a couple of days later, you know, I was I, I was 17 at the time. A couple of days later, it came, it came to me. Beth didn't care that the kids were teasing her. She was in two high-profile activities. She was in the choir. She was on the drill team. She did what she wanted to do. She lived her life the way she wanted to live it. And she didn't care. And I thought about that. Wow. And it came to me. And I thought, you know what? I can't do anything about the color of my skin. I can't do anything about it. And if it bothers other people, that's just too bad. That's the lesson that I learned from Beth, that she, she accepted who she was, how she looked, and she went for it anyway. She lived her life on her own terms. That changed me. That changed me. I wasn't a very good student because I was bullied, and that and being bullied can affect your grades. It can. Yeah. And I decided, even though it was my senior year, that yeah, I'm going to go ahead with my dream of wanting to work in the fashion industry. And that's what I did. And I also made a promise to myself that I would carry Beth in my heart because I was ashamed of how I had felt about Beth. I was ashamed that when she was being teased, that 
you know, I didn't say anything to her in front of her face, but I laughed when she was being teased because it, 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 it wasn't me. And I'm, and I'm ashamed of that. I still am. But I carry her in my heart. And when I speak to kids about bullying, I share her story. I share her story because it was her courage. It was her self-esteem and how she handled herself that changed my life. I had no idea that I was going to become an educator. I worked in the, I had a successful career at the corporate level in the fashion industry, in retail, at one of the largest department stores in New England. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, I was called names <laughs> by the customers, <laughs> but that wow. was okay because I had grown a thick skin <laughs> being oh, bullied. <bully. laughs> and uh, the, the, the retail industry, the fashion industry is cutthroat, you know, back then. And I'm sure it still is now. <laughs> so, 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 so being bullied helped. <laughs> uh, I, I, I also worked uh, at the corporate level in uh, women's apparel manufacturing, did some runway modeling and, uh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one, th be, one thing be, be, before I move on to the um, schools. When I worked for the uh, apparel manufacturer, and it was a national uh, women's apparel manufacturer, one of my jobs was to hire models for print work and runway work. And I remembered receiving a telephone call from a Boston modeling agency asking me if, if, if it was okay to send colored models out to be interviewed. <laughs> and Ronnie, Ronnie, I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I was, I said, oh, sure, <laughs> you know, you know, because I'm thinking, well, I'm black, like what, you know, nobody had ever asked me that, that question before. And the woman on the other end of the phone said, oh, oh, okay, great. Uh, you know, we, we have to ask because there are some companies when we send out colored models, they get upset with us. <laughs> You know, they wow. they just want the blue eyed blondes. And and so she was so thrilled that this uh, national <laughs> manufacturer was like open <laughs> to to having black models <laughs> come out yeah. to interview. She didn't know I was, you know, African-American. No, <laughs> the Madonna was, name didn't give it away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, name, right? yeah. when your name. When your name is Madonna Beauclair, it just doesn't sound like an African-American name in the 70s. You know, right. Madonna's Italian and Beauclair is French. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, anyway, mm. this beautiful colored model walks in and she says, I'm, I'm here to see Miss Beauclair. And I said, I miss Beauclair. 
she looked at me and her jaw dropped. And wow. she understood why it was okay <laughs> to send out black models. And, and, and we had a quick chat about how the major companies who were hiring models around Boston absolutely would be livid when a black model was sent out to them. Absolutely livid at the modeling agency would call them up and say, we're never going to do business with you again if you send us another black model. Mm. Well. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. I'm so, yeah, so glad yes. it's changing now. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. Mm. Yes, it is. Man. Especially when you look at the fashion magazine covers now and see some dark girls. I mean, some beautiful dark girls, you know. Some beautiful like, queens. Yes. yes. And yes. I didn't want to want to cut you off when you were speaking earlier about the um, bullying in school, but I think it's just so important to mention, especially with mental health being highlighted the way it is. Um, I like because I'm being a millennial. I'm kind of like in between. I I remember pre social media as well as the the social media you know times that we are in now, and. Before social media, if you're bullied, the only people who who's aware of you being bullied, you you had to be there. And nowadays, um, with the height of social media, people are instead of helping, the first thing they go for is the phone and get the recording. Next thing you know, your one situation goes viral. Now, people who weren't even there during whatever happened, everybody's aware of it. And I I just think that. Um, even back in my time, I can remember when they, it was a saying being bullied, it, it builds character. It gives you thick skin. And I think that, um, you got a phrase that's, that's called, thank goodness I was bullied. And, yes. And yeah, I just wanted to know if you could point out, um, before we skip, go, skip past it. Cause I know you got a lot of great things going on. I just want to shoot this shot for the, for the, um, the youth them who might be listening right now. Yes. What would be your best advice for a child who is bullied in this social media age with you being um, one of the goats and seeing that? I mean, we need more best in this world, but unfortunately, not everyone is built like that and has that confidence. So what would you um, say for a child who's, who's being bullied? I'm, 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 I'm glad that you kind of put a pin in that so, so that we could chat about this. The first thing about cyberbullying, don't go there. I don't know why kids go online to a site where they know they are going to be bullied. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Why go there? Why go there? I remember just before I retired, talking to my high school students about cyberbullying. And so many of them said, shoot, I don't even go there. <laughs> you know, like, why? <laughs> you know, and, and second of all, why are you even listening to somebody who barely knows you, who's insulting you? Why are you putting yourself through that? So just don't go to those sites. And yeah. another thing is once a student 
puts a picture of themselves out there in social media and these anonymous people get on and start talking about them. It's like, what? You don't know these people. These people do not know you. Why are you giving them power over you? Why are you empowering them to say these things about you and you're getting upset? Don't do it. Or if you put a picture out there and people say unfavorable things, well, that's just how it is. You, you, you know what I mean? That's right. just how it is. You put yourself out there. Therefore, there are consequences. Can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Is, is that it, fit? Yes. Okay. Why, why set yourself up? Why set yourself up? Another thing about uh, bullying is... I really feel that parents need to familiarize themselves with the policy and procedures of the schools. Know what it is. Go online. Go to the website of of your, your school district and the school building to find out what it is. Also, talk to the teachers and ask them, how do you handle bullying in your classroom? Right. How do you handle the bullies? How do you handle the situation? How do you handle, you know, or comfort the child that's, that's been bullied? Find out. So that when something happens... Parents will already know what the policy and procedures are. I find, unfortunately, or maybe this is just, you know, when I was teaching or in my school district, a lot of times there are parents who do not read over the school's policy and procedures. And then when something happens and they're asked, Oh, oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, well, it's on the, uh, it's on our website. Right. Take the time to do that and take the time to talk to the teachers, especially uh, in, in elementary school, middle school, and even high school. Don't leave any stone unturned. Another thing I feel that parents can do is talk to their kids one, about having empathy for others. Ask them about the students that are in the classroom. Mm. Tell, me, tell, tell, tell me about your classmate. <clears throat> tell me how your day went. Tell me about any incident that might have happened. And they also need to know who their uh, children's friends are. Because sometimes some parents don't know that their children are hanging around bullies or are being bullied by their friends. Right, right. Until it's too late or, you know, they're on the news, sadly, or something like that. I I see a lot um, of younger, young adults, children just keeping so much bottled in 
And yes. I think it's great that you speak on that uh, parents being more involved because, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I can even think of um, as like preschool children who aren't even aware of that they are just brutally honest. You could have a, a bump on your nose and they're like, what's that on your nose? It, it may make you feel uncomfortable, but you know, yeah, it's, it's and also with you um, mentioning how you carry the spirit of Beth, because I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, from the outside looking in, just that have having those experiences um, kind of led you to pursue the dream of, of going into the fashion world, um, teaching career. You were a, a teacher for years. And I also want to take the time to remind the listeners, you could find out more about um, Madonna on dropkickthedrama.com. Um, that's dropkickthedrama.com. It's a lot of good info. I recommend y'all go check that out. And um, so like I was saying, to just, because in the time you were coming up, no black models were really out there like that. And to, no. to kind of become the decision maker of, of, you know, a big, a major company like this. Yes, yes. Um. Yeah, I think that's great in itself, but let's get to now because now, if I'm correct, you don't do that anymore. You you you've retired. Um, can you tell us about? Well, I I know, so I'm trying to like build it up <laughs> properly, you know, because I know that now you're doing something that um, most people who when once they reach the the fabulous years, they um kind of kick back and relax, but you did not do that at all. You got a lot of experience, um, a lot of a lot of wisdom to share, and you're still having fun, and you're looking good doing it, might I add. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that. So, um, yeah, can, can you tell us, because uh, I know you're um, widowed now. Yes. And, yes. yeah, I don't, I don't want to give it up. So can you talk about what led up to what you're doing today? and how you're just living your best life. Yes, and thank thank you for uh, segueing to that. Uh, I, I tried, I tried. <laughs> no, 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 you, you, you're on it, you're, you're on it. Ronnie, everybody has a dream. Everybody has something that, Maybe a seed was planted. You know, you're you're a, a millennial, but you know, uh, maybe a seed was planted that you wanted to do something, and time goes by. I had no idea that at the age of fifty-seven, which was eleven years ago, that. One day, I would just have this overwhelming feeling to run 100 meters. There was just something that said, run 100 meters, run 100 meters. And I wondered, where's this coming from? I'm teaching fashion marketing and uh, coming up with these anti-bullying programs. And like, where's this coming from? Right. It was, it was, it was almost like build an arc. Like, what? Where, what? Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, in the desert. Yeah, building on. I got you. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Well, it was it was it was like that because I was not an athlete. 
when you're not an athlete and you hear something that that is a nagging feeling that says run 100 meters, then it's like, what? I can remember as a child watching the Olympics and watching track and field, being impressed by it, going outside in my backyard, playing 100 meters, <laughs> excuse me, 100 yard dash. That's what it was at that right, time. Right, right. What 100 yard dash. Uh, but my schools didn't have a track program for girls and life goes on. My husband had track experience, high school, college, track, high, high school track coach. So he became my coach. And on a whim, I entered the 2011, the, excuse me, 2012 Washington State Senior Games. Ronnie, I won <laughs> the 50 meters and the 100 meters. And I'm like, what? Mm. What? Wow. Okay. Were, you, were you training? How long were you training before that, before the first one? I'm going to say maybe about four months because, Ronnie, it was a whim. It, it was a whim. Like, well, let's do this. And my husband just said, well, okay, <laughs> do this, this, and that. And uh, he entered me in, like I said, in into the Washington State, you know, senior games. And I'm thinking, okay, all I have to do is run as fast as I can in a straight line. Right. <laughs> and that's what I did. And then when I won twice, the ladies were saying, oh, oh, you, you should try out again next year. And uh, it's, it, it's a qualifying year. And if you uh, qualify, you can go on to nationals. I'm thinking, nationals? Like what? I just I just came out here on a whim. Well, I tried out again, won, and qualified for the National Senior Games in 2013 in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm. I came in ninth in the nation in my age range in the 100 meters. I had a chance to be on a 4 by 100 meter relay team ronnie i i i volunteered but i didn't know what i was volunteering for because the only four by 100 i'd ever seen was on television and uh uh you know the you know somebody was down a person here i am and the ladies the three ladies who were world-class athletes <laughs> found out i didn't know what to do so they had to teach me in 15 minutes Teach and you we, as far as like technique and everything, right? Well, 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 yes, you know, how to hold a baton, where okay. to stand, don't stand on the line, where you pass the baton, because when you pass it, somebody's running and you have to, you know, go up and chase them, put the baton in their hand so that they can move on. And and you don't want to step on the line, you don't want to drop the baton. And so I had 15 minutes. We came in third. <laughs> yes yes so so i i i have a four by 100 uh team team medal <laughs> now i want you know an individual medal but 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 anyway move moving on 
I was competing again the following year, ruptured my Achilles while racing in the uh, 50 meter event, run it, oddest thing. I'm running, I'm in the lead. I feel somebody coming up on my shoulder. So I threw it into another gear. I heard what I thought was a starting gun going off again, but I thought that can't be that because we're already racing. It was my Achilles popping. Uh, Everybody in the stadium heard it. I fainted, fell over the finish line in second place. All I know is I woke up, I was on my back with a big ice, you know, with a big bag of ice. And somebody said, Madonna, you won't be racing the rest of the day. You're going to lay on this table for 20 minutes and then you're going to be taken to uh, Tacoma General <laughs> Emergency. <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, yeah, there was surgery in my future. And the surgeon said, because of my age, because I might have been 62 at the time, that because of my age and the extensive damage to my uh, left Achilles, that I would not be racing again. No explosive speed for me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, children, whoever is listening, tell them. Sometimes, sometimes what you're meant to do, you are meant to do. <laughs> Obviously, I'm still racing. <laughs> I went through rehab and it was painful. The, the, the surgery and the recovering from the surgery, it was, and, and the, uh, yes, and the rehab was painful. In, in 2017, like I said, ruptured the Achilles in 2014. In 2017, I said, let me get out there and try again. I placed first in the 150 meters, sending me to the national senior games in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. My husband passed away in late 2018 <clears throat> after his third bout of cancer. Once I get everything settled and whatever, and, and, and in fact, his uh, dying request was that I continue to race. Awesome. Yeah, because we were supposed to go to New Mexico <laughs> to the National Senior Games together. Was he competing as well? No, no, he okay. was he was he was my coach. And I didn't have a coach. <laughs> In 2019, February of 2019, I met Marcus Chambers, Team USA, track and field, 400-meter specialist. He was recommended to me by a woman who I wanted to coach me, somebody I met during, during rehab, and she was busy but recommended him and gave me his credentials, All-American, <laughs> collegiate champion, <laughs> um, NCAA champion, Pac-12 champion, in high school, uh, state champion, national champion, yeah. junior Olympic gold medalist. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. 
worked with me for about four months. I went to the national track meet. He didn't go with me because he had his own obligations. I didn't win. But in that short period of time, he had helped me to become faster. I went, wow, wow. And he has continued to be my coach. And it's like two years later. Uh, recently. And may I, I just quickly add for the, for the listeners, when you say, uh, because I see the videos you post, we're going to get into like we get social media and everything in, in a little bit. But I see the videos you post. Madonna is smoking them. <laughs> I'm like, is she she must be in the wrong race. They must have put her in the wrong bracket. Oh. Something is wrong because the the distance you put on the competition was like, nah, this she somebody cheating. Yeah. <laughs> something, something was up. But yeah, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to say that I saw one, a couple of your races yeah. that you shared, and I'm like, what? The 50, it's not even fair. <laughs> the, the, the 50 and the 100. That was on a day. Uh, let's see. I believe it was July 24th. That was the day that Marcus had trained five years to be in Japan. He really thought he was going to be in Japan. And the plan was for me to call him to give him the results, but he was there uh, because, well, he, situations, he was, he was injured a month before the, uh, the Olympic trials and tried to, you know, rehab. He was in the trials, didn't make it. And I, and I was there to uh, watch him to, to support my coach and, Kids, I got to tell you, and even grown people, even when you make these, extra, you, you know, your plans don't have to be as extraordinary as his, you know, working towards something for five years and then having something happen to you with the last minute, you know, in, injuries to your, to, to your body. And, you know, he could have had a huge pity party. But when you go through something and you have an opportunity to help somebody else, do it. Do it. Um, yes, his heart was in Japan, but he was there that day as my coach coaching me. The 50 meters was fine. Uh, you, you saw me, you know, that was my determination, but his expertise that's why there was so much distance between people because he had worked on uh, my strength and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lifting weights. I'm doing all kind of drills. You know, there's a big difference between him coaching me and my husband coaching me. And, uh, and, and it's his expertise you know, come on. Right, he's right. on he's on Team USA track and field. He went to one of the best track colleges in the United States. And he's got me doing all kinds of stuff I never thought I would do in my life. And plus, yeah. he is managing uh the residuals of 
injuries because with my Achilles, I have very little lift in my left foot and being able to, to, to lift, you know, you, you know, that's how you, you know, lift off to propel yourself forward. Also, uh, there's numbness in my left foot. So, so, so I can, um, it, it feels really weird because half my foot is numb, <laughs> you know, and, and oh. so it, it, yes, 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 yes. So he's managing these things. And plus I have a hip situation, a back and hip situation because in 1987, I was in a horrible car vehicle accident. The vehicle that I was traveling in went underneath the back axle of a semi truck. Wow. And, and, and the vehicle was just a, a pancake. And yes, I had severe, severe muscle damage with my back and my hips was, 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 uh, had, had five years of physical therapy. So he's managing all these things, you know, Ronnie on paper, I shouldn't be running at all. <laughs> So when you see me <laughs> racing down there, uh, uh, just like you said, smoking people, and so many people said, you just smoked everybody, Madonna. What <laughs> going on? You know, Marcus was managing. He's managing all of these things that are going on. And what people don't know is that after that 50-meter race, my right shoulder felt like it was going to fall out, you know, because it was one of the areas, you know, where, where I have muscle damage and also my hips started acting up. I was limping <laughs> almost like uh, 30 to 40 minutes before that hundred meter race. And uh, my trainer was there. Actually, it's our trainer. And, uh, you know, Marcus was like, uh, you're limping. Eric, get over here. And and boy, I was being worked on. And then, you know, Marcus was thinking, okay, if she's not going to be able to race, if he can't do anything with her hip, you know. So any, anyway, obviously, I did run. And, and, and Marcus said that he could tell by the look on my face when I was lined up that the race was going to be ugly <laughs> and uh, to everybody else who's watching. Cause you, you, you've seen the video. It's mm -hmm. like, dang, she's smoking everybody. Well, I'll tell you, I hit the wall at 60 meters. That's what Marcus said. I hit the wall at 60 meters and I started slowing down. I know that I'm ahead of, of, of everyone, but that look of determination, that was me saying, I never hit the wall before. I got to keep going. I got to keep pumping my arms. I have to keep going. And when I finished the race, I was like, oh, no, I did a terrible job because, like, I can't see how far ahead I am from everybody. And plus, even with, like, this hip situation, I ran faster than my 2019 time. We took 
over a second off my time. So even though that race was ugly and my shoulder was weird and my hip was weird, Marcus managed all of that and it was ugly. You know, to us, it was ugly. It was good to everybody else. And we took time off. <laughs> I'm even faster. Mm, yeah. I, I think I just got to ask this because <clears throat> as I'm hearing um, your story, your background, everything, I'm kind of like, things are coming to me kind of like puzzle pieces. And I believe you are, you know, the ideal person to ask this next question that's just sitting on my heart. Um, I found a lot of people have challenges with um, taking instructions. And going going from someone going from a former educator to um someone who's being educated, how can we continue to bridge those gaps between um generations, um millennials, you know, like what some of some of the challenges that you had taking instruction from someone um younger? Was it just that they were more experienced? Did their credentials help? Like what are some like benefits and advantages of working with someone from another generation? That's an excellent question, Ronnie. I didn't have, or I, 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 I'm not having any generational situations with Marcus. And I'll tell you why, because <clears throat> I'm used to working with people of different ages. When I became a retail manager at this major department store in Boston, I was 19. I did, I, I did go to a two-year post-secondary school. And my salespeople were 30 to 40 years older than me. And I was managing them. As an educator, of course, like I said, I'm teaching millennials. Now a millennial is teaching me. Um, I taught them the importance of working with whomever. Okay, whether it's somebody younger than you, older than you, I taught them a really good work ethic. This is what you need to do. Show up on time. Uh, demonstrate civility. And also, always be ready to help. Don't complain about a thing. Right there. I, I also know the importance of teamwork and listening. And I understand respecting somebody else's expertise. Marcus is a professional. This is what he does. I am fortunate enough to have a world-class athlete to be my track coach. We meet once a week for an hour, he has uh, assigned work for me to do during the week. I'm going, my, my advice to all generations is to, first of all, 
put aside the age of the person. If they have the expertise and skills that you need so that you can pursue your goal, pursue your dream, do the work that you need to do. Right. You keep your mouth shut <laughs> and you listen to what they say. Absolutely. When you saw my video, you saw Marcus's expertise and my determination from, from me listening to him, me putting in the work. Do I always have fun putting in all that hard work? Um, in, in the beginning, when he first had me doing drills, I thought, what the heck did I get myself into? <laughs> what is this? It was so different from my husband. And I really had a bad attitude. I did not share that bad attitude with him because I know better and he's a professional. Right. But I said, listen, Madonna, you are not a quitter. You are fortunate to have him suck it up and do it. Mm. Great move. Yes. This is me talking to myself because I knew better. Um, I was expecting things to be the same, you know, from my husband's coaching to his coaching, but that was not realistic. And sometimes people build up expectations in their head about, oh, this is going to be this way. This is going to be that way. But the but reality turns out to be something different. You follow me? It turns out to be something different. And you now have to deal with reality. <laughs> you know? And I am so glad that I didn't quit because I'm, I'm not a quitter. And I would tell my students, once you start quitting things, oh, I'm not going to do this. This is too hard. Then it becomes a pattern in your life. Yes. You're going to continue to quit doing things because your pattern is, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't do it. You know, I've never been able to do it. You know, I just can't, you know, get in there and try. Get in there and try so that if you're not good at it, then you can say, I at least tried and I tried my best. And this is something that's not suited for me. But I tried it. Get out there and get in the game. I, I would sometimes be so aggravated with uh, teenagers who, who would just give up. Well, I'm not going to do this. I know I'm not good at it. It's like, oh, kid, come on. <laughs> All right. You're going to try it. Do it. Because you got to get in the game. <laughs> get, in the get, game. Get, in the, get yourself in the game. Ronnie, you know you know people young and old who they're, well, I wish I could have done this or that. Or, you know, oh, so-and-so is so talented. So-and-so got the breaks. But you have to put yourself in a position to receive opportunities, to receive breaks. Because if you're just sitting back, the opportunities aren't going to come to you. The, the breaks aren't going to come to you unless you get in the game. Yeah. So, M Madonna, I was just going to ask you, you kind of answered my next question already. I was going to ask you if you had any final thoughts to motivate us. But 
that last answer just took out two birds with one stone, and I love it. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your time. Before we go and get up out of here, can you please let everybody know where to find you, how to get in touch with you, um, all that info. We need that right now. Of course, of course, Ronnie, darling. <laughs> I am on Instagram at Madonna Fit, Fast, and Fabulous. I'm on Facebook, Madonna B. Hannah. Ronnie, I had no idea how many Madonna Hannahs there are in the world. So you got to make sure to put that B as in boy <laughs> in between Madonna, M-A-D-O-N-N-A, B as in Beauclair, Hannah, H-A-N-N-A. And you've already told them what my website is, dropkickthedrama.com. Yes. There we go. There we yes. go. So that, Thank uh, you. They can follow Thank me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And as always, I'll leave all the links in the show notes because I like to keep it simple for the listeners. Um, Madonna, thank you for your time. We really appreciate having us. I mean, I said that all wrong. <laughs> we really appreciate That's all right, baby. You. That's all right. I like I how was... you call me queen, so it's okay. <laughs> I was hoping we could have Marcus come on the line. Um, like Ultimate Warrior. I said it in the beginning. I was hoping he was going to come in like the Ultimate Warrior so we could kind of wax deep a little more and see, see um, things from his perspective. But maybe another time, you know. Yeah, another time. happens for a reason. A another um, time. Another time. Yeah, so that's it. We're going to cut it off and y'all keep living. Y'all keep having a blessed one. Keep loving on your family, loving on your loved ones, strangers, all that. Spread love. It's the Brooklyn Way. From hood to good, y'all. Let's go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Do check out dropkickthedrama.com. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this week's interview. Thanks so much for being with us. If you have some feedback you want to share, leave us a note. Hit us up on that IG at from hood to good. Leave a comment, review on iTunes. We need to begin to rise up in these charts. We we got some stuff some people may need to hear coming up. So, thank you once again. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or whatever platform you may listen to. From hood to good. Leave a review like I said. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm real excited about continuing this journey. Being ready to grow, ready to elevate all that good stuff. Thank you, Madonna Hannah. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for tuning with me through this whole journey. And we're going to just keep going. Like a train, baby, from hood to good. Let's go.